Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. So this literally just popped on my radar screen, on my computer screen, as I'm awaiting a conversation that I, I can't wait to have with Dr. Larry Sabato. Headline from the Washington Post. Virginia governor's race a toss-up as election day nears post Shar school poll finds. Virginia's race for governor is a toss-up as Tuesday's election draws near. 49% of likely voters favoring Democrat Terry McAuliffe, 48% favoring Republican Glenn Youngkin, according to a Washington Post brand new survey. The result is little change from last month, although the Democrats' six percentage point edge among all registered voters in September has narrowed to three points in the new poll at 47% for McAuliffe and 44% for Yunkin. So it's a horse race. You know Dr. Larry Sabato. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's won four Emmys. He's recognized as one of the nation's most respected political analysts. He is the founder and director of the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. Surely this is a misprint. He is celebrating his 50th year of association with the University of Virginia. I think he started when he was six. This is Dr. Sabato. Larry, thank you so much for coming back to the program. I was really excited that we were able to get you so close in time to the Virginia election. No, I'm delighted to be with you, uh, Michael. You've always uh, covered elections well, and I'm happy to be with you for another one. Is it true that it's 50 years that you're celebrating? Uh, it's actually 51, but we never got to celebrate 50 because of this little thing called the pandemic. So it's sure. 51. <laughs> and what was the origin of the crystal ball? Because, of course, I associate you with Sabato's crystal ball. Uh, when we founded the uh, Center for Politics at the University of Virginia, we had a number of projects to start off. And, and one was just to capitalize on what we had all done for many years, which is to uh, try to project elections, uh, try to call them when possible, but much more importantly, try to explain them <laughs> to people before, during, and after, because that's what citizens really need. I know that uh, Pew Charitable Trust has recognized the crystal ball as the number one leader in the field of political prediction. How secure are you in your thoughts as to how this one ends on Tuesday? Well, I'm very secure because I just call it close and competitive. Right. (laughs) I'm very secure. And that it will be. Uh, and honestly, it, it really is fascinating that we've had four, well, now this is the fifth poll in uh, 10 days, showing it a, either a dead tie or a statistical tie. There's only been one exception. That was a Fox poll that had Yunkin up eight that was released yesterday. I, I think that's something of an exaggeration. He may win, but uh, he's not going to win by eight points. Even if he should lose, I think that that he is now the exemplar for Republicans across the country as they try to go through this dance of not alienating, but rather winning over Trump's base. 
uh, but staying at a distance from Donald Trump. I mean, obviously, if it's a red, red state, you don't have to play that game. For But if you're in a place like mine, Pennsylvania, or yours, Virginia, this this seems to be the, the, the book to follow. Uh, yes, but I have to add an asterisk. The okay. reason it has worked to the degree that it has in Virginia, and we'll find out Tuesday, is because... Uh, Republicans here are desperate. It's not like Pennsylvania. It's not like most of the other purple uh, competitive states. Uh, Republicans have lost every single election for 10 years. And we have elections in Virginia every single year. We have that crazy off-off year election system. Uh, So after 10 years, the party was ready to get behind anybody and they'll swallow any disagreements because... If they don't win this time, it's hard to see how they come back. I know that uh, former President Trump is having a so-called tele-rally on Monday, so he won't physically come into the state. But my view of it, Larry, is that it's enough so that on Wednesday he can say, well, it was because of me. After all, I had that tele-rally on Monday night. Of course. It's always about Trump. Everything he does is about Trump. Uh, It's unwise, obviously, from the Youngkin campaign's perspective. Uh, Believe me, they didn't suggest this. I can guarantee you that. Uh, But what are you going to do? It also puts in people's minds McAuliffe's theme, which has been uh, you're going to elect Trump's best buddy uh, if you vote for Youngkin. Now, I don't think Youngkin is Trump's best buddy, but as you say, he's had to play this game where he's always praising Trump and talking about how great he is, and that's why he got in the governor's race. At the same time, he wants to make sure that he is never photographed next to him. He's done quite well. I mean, you often see these individuals who come out of a, a totally different sector and they stumble on the campaign trail. I, I you know, Mike Bloomberg was was mayor for several terms in New York City, and when he first got on that debate stage, it all went to hell in a handbasket. How has Youngkin been as a retail politician in the eyes of Dr. Larry Sabato? He comes across well. He looks like a suburban dad, whatever yeah. it is suburban dad is supposed to look like. He's right. got khaki pants. Uh, I guess that's one element. He, um, he does well uh, in partisan crowds. You know, I wouldn't say that he's a good retail campaigner. And, in fact, his campaign has made a smart move in keeping him away from the press and away from uh, crowds that aren't uh, full of supportive Republicans. You, you, you're much less likely to make a mistake on the campaign trail if you're surrounded by friends and uh, if uh, most of the people who are asking you questions are partisans and they're not going to push you on unpleasant issues. They, he's had press conferences, but not really, if you know what I mean. He has I press do. gaggles, press availabilities but not that many of them. From a distance, it seems that education is the dominant issue. Is that your boots-on-the-ground view? It, I'd say it's one of them, and I would probably put it toward the top. Um, from the Republican perspective, it is clearly number one, two, and three. They've tried a lot of different things over the course of the campaign, and they weren't firing. This one fired because Republican parents in particular were very angry about what they consider liberal indoctrination in the schools. They don't like the mask mandates. They don't like vaccine mandates, though that really isn't present in the schools except for teachers and and staff members. 
this is, uh, and, and of course, the literature. You saw that ad that sure. Youngkin had uh, going after uh, Toni Morrison's book, Beloved. Uh, didn't mention the book there, but everybody knew that was the one, and it all, all the background came out. So, yeah, I would say Republican parents were activated by that. Uh, there isn't a lot of party changing going on. It's more that Republicans are just incredibly enthusiastic and are going to vote in large numbers. And Democrats are much less enthusiastic, maybe because they've won so much, or I would think, and this is what my argument is, because the D.C. Democrats, Biden and the, and particularly the, the Democrats in the House and Senate, have made a hash of the Democratic priorities. It's been embarrassing, to say the least, to watch them parade in front of the cameras and preen every 10 minutes, get their TV time while they air all their disagreements in public. That's not how to win votes. And McAuliffe, oddly, is going to pay the price. Was it a mistake, therefore, for him to welcome the A-team, the president, uh, President Obama, Stacey Abrams? I mean, each and every person, it seems like they've had come in. Well, but of course, they're not directly connected to, the, to what Biden and the congressional Democrats are doing. Look, McAuliffe yeah. did that because he had no choice. He's trying to get Democrats excited. You see, if, equal, uh, if the two parties are equal in enthusiasm, the Democrats going to win because now right. there are a lot more Democrats than Republicans in Virginia. You've sure. had uh, major demographic changes really over 20 years, but especially in the last 10 or 12. Uh, but Democrats aren't turning out at the rate that they need to win. So they have to bring in people who can excite them, big names who you know will reach people that maybe McAuliffe can't reach directly. I was thinking that in the context of Beloved and that issue, and of course, Governor McAuliffe said, I don't think that parents should be telling schools what to teach in that debate and it's being used against him. If you were to say to me there's a 60-40 edge for McAuliffe's side of that argument, I would believe it, but those 40% are coming out in droves. And to Dr. Larry Sabato's point in my hypothetical, the 60% might be on your side, but they're just not as motivated to show up. Yeah, that's, I think that's a very good point. And I also have to say, that was a terrible gaffe. Uh, there's no explaining it. They, he says, oh, I was taken out of context. What politician hasn't said that when he made a gaffe? And some people say, well, a gaffe is whenever a politician uh, accidentally tells the truth. Maybe. I don't think McAuliffe would ever have said that had he thought about it. Because naturally, it would antagonize and enrage loads of parents. Uh, you know, you can say, well, and as a teacher, I see this too, you can't have the parents of the students in your classroom looking at your syllabus and saying, take this out, take that out, put this in, put that in, because for one thing, they'd never agree. So you, you couldn't have a class. You couldn't teach from a syllabus. That's a legitimate point. But just, just uh, forthrightly saying uh, that uh, parents should not be telling the schools what to teach, that's going too far. Uh, and it's had a predictable effect. And McAuliffe's attempt at rebound has been to display photographs taken, he and his wife with their kids, on the first day of school. I know what those pictures are all about, trying to say, hey, we know what it's like to be active parents, and we respect that. Yeah, but of course you never want to play on the territory of your opponent because you're simply reinforcing his advantage. 
that's not going to help McAuliffe. It's going to remind people that the other candidate's major point is about parental influence in the schools. <laughs> I think that was a mistake. You focus on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. Is there anything to be learned from early voting? That's the one thing that's given Democrats hope. Uh, as I look at the numbers, and you can't tell because Virginia doesn't have partisan registration. A hundred percent of us are independents in Virginia as we register. Right. Mm-hmm. Register by. So you can't tell for sure, but looking at the pattern, city to county, and in some cases where I have the information, precincts, I think Democrats are continuing to vote in larger numbers early on. Now, we also don't know what the election day vote is. That could end up being 70% Republican. You just don't know. Republicans are more likely to vote on election day. For the the sake of the country, just in terms of what this portends for the midterm, does it even matter if if Yunkin wins the race? If he's really within a whisker and McAuliffe is reelected, won't that give enough wind at the sails of the GOP who are from the outside looking at Virginia? Oh, yeah. Look, uh, the fact that this is even close right. uh, tells you that the Republicans have put together a campaign and put together the combination of issues that they need to wage war in 2022. I really shouldn't use the phrase wage war because I think we're getting too close to that. Let's just say to battle successfully in 2022. Uh, So, yeah, I think uh, as long as this ends up being close, whether McAuliffe or Yunkin wins by a point or two, uh, it's going to give Republicans hope for 2022. Dr. Sabato, finally, make us all look smart. Give us something that we can share with our friends and uh, loved ones today relative to Virginia. What is the takeaway as of the Friday before the election, according to Dr. Larry Sabato? The curse that actually I first described in the 80s, the curse of losing the governorship because you control the White House, may may be asserting itself again, or at least it's coming close to asserting itself again, even if McAuliffe wins. That is, since 1977, every four years, the candidate who wins the governorship is the candidate representing the party that lost the White House the year before. There's one exception. Only one time was a candidate able to buck that trend, and his name was Terry McAuliffe in getting elected to his first term in 2013. But the odds are much more in favor of losing the governorship if you're controlling the presidency. Look what's happened to Biden. You know, if the election had been held in June, probably McAuliffe would have won easily. But that's not how our election calendar works. And now Biden has slipped everywhere, even in Virginia, where he won by 10 points. And he's underwater in Virginia, which tells you he's underwater just about everywhere, not California and New York, but most of the other states. Very similar to what we see with a a party outside of the White House in the midterm election, where I I guess the average is a 26-seat loss. You're saying that's exactly what you've seen in Virginia in gubernatorial races. Yes. Everything's about probabilities in politics. There are no certainties. And then nobody's ever going to claim that after 2016. And, you know, Trump's a prize win. But but I think, you know, you look at the probabilities, and the probabilities suggested from the beginning this would be a tough race for McAuliffe. Whether they fully realized that or not, I don't know, though I suspect they were overconfident. Dr. Larry Sabato, 50 more, actually 51 more 
51 more, okay? Yeah, 51 more. I got news for you. It ain't going to happen, but I've enjoyed the 51 I've had. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your expertise. I, I always enjoy listening to you, Michael. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Dr. Larry right. Sabato is the founder and director of the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. Great insights. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.